0: Well, good, good morning, everyone. For those who don't know me, uh, my name is Layton, as Wes said, and I have the privilege of serving here as the, the lead pastor. Uh, for those that are watching online, good to see you as well. Uh, if you're our guest here this morning, a special welcome to you, and if you are someone who has been with us but just hasn't been around for a while and you're here again, I'm glad that you've, you've come today. Uh, let me ask a question to, to start off with. How, how many hunters do we have in the room today? Do we have any hunters? Okay, so a few of you. Okay, so you'll hopefully be able to relate to this story, and others hopefully can as well. Uh, I don't know if you know this, but our, our province is really re- renowned for its great hunting. In fact, just down the road and Bigger, I uh, was harvested the, the world-record white-tailed deer about 25 years ago now. And so it's, it's a great place to be hunting. Now, I'm not an avid hunter, but I have gone hunting on several occasions, And and there really is something remarkable about going out into the wilderness and experiencing firsthand the wonders and beauty of nature. On one of my uh, early hunting expeditions, my good friend, who is now one of our church board members, his name is Scott Unger, uh, graciously allowed me to tag along with him. Uh, I mean, graciously allowed me to tag along with him. And if you don't know Scott, he's a guide with Jim Shockey's Hunting Adventures in the Yukon, and he was even featured on a, a mini-series called Yukon Harvest that was on APTN, and it's a great watch if you're into that type of thing. It was, Scott did a great job. Anyway, uh, on this one occasion, uh, Scott, knowing that I was a novice hunter, he had me uh, post up, which me- meant that uh, I was just supposed to sit in the spot and stay quiet and alert while he did the hard work of pushing the bush. And it wasn't too long that all of a sudden I heard this, the sound of an animal coming through the bush. and I don't know if you've ever hunted before, but my adrenaline started pumping, and and I could he- I could hear this animal getting closer and closer, and so I, I got out and I and I released my safety and I kind of had my gun ready to go, uh, waiting for that big buck to jump out of the out of the woods into the clearing, and uh, so I could hear him getting closer and, and, and closer all the time, and then and then uh, all of a sudden, like ten yards, not not a word of a lie, ten yards in front of me, out from the bush jumped the, the largest, most majestic mouse <laughs> that I have ever seen in my life. Th- that's right, people. These finely tuned ears heard a mouse running through the woods from a great distance away. Like, beat that, okay? That, now, that's a, that's a great hearing story. It's a very humiliating hunting story, but, you know, in case you're not sure about that. Now, I, I've told that story before because it, it actually... Uh, God used that moment to teach me a spiritual lesson. And here's a spiritual lesson for us, for me, and for us today. And that's simply this, that it's amazing what you're able to hear when you stop and listen. It's amazing what you're able to hear if you just slow down long enough and stop and listen. This is true in the physical world, and it's also true in the spiritual realm. We live in a, in a world right now that's uh, busy and, and it's distracting, and because of that, we're often unable to hear the still, small voice of God when He speaks to us. Now, today, we're going to start a new six-part series called Hearing God, and we're adapting this from, from a group called Church Renewal. It's, uh, it's their seminar called Hearing God, and it's an organization that I'm, I'm quite connected with. Now, as I mentioned in my weekly update, and if you don't get these, uh, you probably should sign up so you can receive them, but there's going to be, um, we're going to attach a weekly workshop and a seminar to each message that we're going to do here, and we're going to take some time to facilitate with our church family how to put into the practice the things that we're going to be learning on Sunday mornings, and those are going to be on, on Tuesday evenings, and I'll share a bit more about that at the end of the service. Now, let me just start by just saying, like, why are we doing this series? The reason we're we're doing this series is because hearing God's voice is one of the most foundational practices of the Christian life. And it's because it's impossible for us to truly know and follow God without actually hearing His voice. Henry Blackaby, in his book uh, called Experiencing God, puts it this way. He says, one of the the critical points to understanding and experiencing God is knowing clearly when God is speaking. And if the Christian does not know when God is speaking, he is in trouble at the heart of his Christian life. Now, you cannot understand God's will for your life without hearing the voice of God. You cannot be truly obedient if you do not know what God is asking you to do. So let me ask you a question this morning as we begin. When was the last time that you heard God speak to you? Was it this morning, yesterday, this past week, uh, even this past month? Or has it been a while, maybe years since you really clearly heard God's voice in your life? Or maybe you're here today and you've... You've never heard God clearly speak to you. And you even question whether or not God actually does speak to people today. Well, what I want you to know as we begin this series today is that God does speak to us. In fact, uh, it's it's His greatest desire for us to recognize and know His voice. Now, in my, my opinion... Both the timing of this series, which was very intentional, and the importance of this series cannot be overstated. We are living in a world right now where long-held values have been turned upside down, and long-standing practices have been abandoned. And God longs for the world to recognize and to follow His voice again. As a church, we are facing unique challenges, Uh, politics, a global pandemic, a shifting culture. It's changed the way that we practice our faith, and it's challenged the unity of the Spirit that's supposed to define the church. And if there ever was a time for us as a church together to seek God's wisdom and direction as we minister to this generation, it's now. And we're living in a world, in a time, where people are questioning their personal faith and deconstructing their historic Christian faith as they seek to make sense of the world around them. Maybe that defines, describes you. And with so many voices in our ears, competing for our attention, we need to hear a clear and a fresh and a personal word of truth and hope from the Lord again. This morning, I'm going to kick off our series by answering the question, Does God Still Speak Today?, and then in the following weeks, we're going to look at answering five other questions that I think are, are asked by people and are connected to this. So the, next, the, the weeks to follow, why is it important? Why is it even important that we hear God's voice? What role does the Bible play in hearing the voice of God? How does God speak to humanity? In other words, what are the ways that God speaks to us? How do we learn to seek and listen for God's guidance in our lives and how can we be confident that we're really hearing the voice of God and not just another voice or our inner voice so those are the questions we're going to be looking at over the next uh, six weeks together now I know there are many people within our Ebenezer family who unquestionably believe that God speaks to people today maybe that's you again But I know that there are some people here today who don't believe that God speaks to people today or they've never ever heard with clarity God speaking to them. So let me share a bit of my story when it comes to hearing God because um, I think you'll you'll be able to relate to it and it's something that, that shifted in my life really over the last five years or so. I actually grew up in a church that believed and taught that God no longer speaks to people like He did in the Bible times. They believe that God's word to mankind uh, are in the Bible and the Bible alone. And that these words were directed by the Holy Spirit, they were faithfully written down by the people of God, and they were miraculously preserved throughout the ages. And to reinforce this position, they would quote scriptures like 2 Timothy 3:15 and 16, that I think is appearing behind you. And, and in this scripture, it talks about things like this word, the Bible, uh, g- helps us to be wise to salvation through the faith in Jesus Christ. So it gives us what we need to know to be able to accept Jesus Christ. And, it, and, it's, and it's this perfect word that gives us everything we need for doctrine, for reproof, and for correction and instruction in righteousness. And they, they believe that because we now have the completed canon of scripture, God's uh, progressive revelation was complete. It was done, and he no longer needed to speak to people because we can see and read his words every single time we open up our Bible. In fact, even beyond that, I was taught growing up or told that people who, who claimed to have a personal word from the Lord were were uh, crazy and dangerous because um, in Revelations twenty two is another verse they quoted the last book of the Bible, God warns us not to add or to take away from from His Word. It wasn't until years later that I learned there's a theological term for the people that hold that position. They are called uh, cessationalists, and cessationism is a theological view uh, that God spoke only in the Bible and no longer talks to people directly. And some cessationists also hold the view that the miraculous gifts of the Spirit, such as healing and tongues and prophetic revelation, uh, only pertain to the apostolic era, and they served a purpose that was unique to establish the church. But now that the church is established and we have the canonized Scripture, that has been gone. And the verse they quote again is 1 Corinthians chapter 13. And this is what it says. But where there are prophecies, they'll cease. Where there are tongues, they'll be stilled. And where there is knowledge, it will pass away. Now, I'll be talking about this verse in a little bit more detail in a few minutes. Let me continue with my story. Um, A bit later in my life, that that thinking was reinforced on several occasions because I had some, some fairly negative experiences with people who claim to have and hear the word of God. Now, I have lots of examples. I'll I'll just I'll just name two. So for example, I had one young lady uh, tell me that God spoke to her in a dream, and that I was to uh, end the engagement to my wife Brenda, and we've been happily married for now 31 and a half years, and marry her instead. <laughs> Uh, Yeah, that went over well with my wife. (laughs) Um, And I I think I said to her, well, when God tells me that, then maybe we'll talk. And clearly God never told me that. Another time, I was asked to visit someone who was terminally ill in the patient who had stage 4 lung cancer. And and literally, I remember it clearly to this day. I was in the room, and I was just, you know, comforting the family because the whole family was there was late stages of this. And I was... I was sharing with this girl named Karen how that how she could have peace with God and how she could have you know, a confident assurance that she would be with Jesus in heaven. And all of a sudden, uh, another believer literally just burst into the room. And she claimed to have a word of the Lord for the person that was sick. And the word was that they were going to be healed. And so I remember they, she started talking and she said to this girl do you believe, do you believe? And, of course, the girl is saying, yeah, I, I believe, I believe, I want to believe. And the family who weren't Christians around were really confused by all that was happening. And two days later, that lady with cancer passed away. And I, I was left wondering, well, did the person that barged in, did they actually hear from God, or was it just something on their own? Now, thankfully, since that time, I've had many different experiences with people hearing a word from the Lord. And as we sat down, and as we talked, and as they shared, um, and, and it lined up with Scripture, and it seemed right, you know, with us that were in the room, um, I believe that they did hear from God. In the more recent years, as I've grown in my understanding of, of experiencing and hearing God's voice, I've actually done a complete 180. I no longer hold the view that God does not speak to His people anymore. And I, in fact, I absolutely believe that God speaks to His children and longs and longs and desires for His children and people like you and I to be able to hear His voice and know with confidence that it's Him that's speaking. Now, my sermon today is, is I've entitled it, Does God Still Speak Today? But I, I actually think that's the wrong question to ask. Uh, I want to change my sermon title to God Does Speak Today. And the question I want, I think we should be asking is, are we listening? You know, can we learn as the people of God, both personally and corporately, to recognize God's voice in our life? Now, here's what I think. I think that most of us here today, if not all of us, have heard God's voice in our life. Maybe we haven't recognized it as God's voice, but I think we've heard it. And let me give you some examples of what I mean. If you have made a decision to, follow, to become a follower of Jesus Christ, then you have heard and responded in a personal way to God's voice in your life. If you've ever been reading Scripture, and, and a verse seemed to jump off the page to you, and it was like a special word for you in, in your circumstance that you found yourself in, then you've heard God speak. If you've ever had your eyes opened to a new understanding of Scripture that you never saw before as you're reading God's Word, then you've heard God's voice. If you've ever sat in a church like today and you felt the preacher was was speaking like just at you, that the words were like just for you, you've heard God's voice. If you've ever felt convicted of a sinful behavior, then that's God's voice prompting you to change. Or if you've ever felt a prompting to uh, pray for someone or encourage someone or show kindness to someone, then, then you've heard God's voice. Now, I don't know about you, but when someone described hearing God's voice to me in those terms, I realized I've been hearing God's voice and responding in obedience for years. I just never called it hearing God's voice. I just thought it was something else. I don't know. So God still speaks today. And His children need, absolutely need, to hear His voice. Now let me, uh, with the time we have left, let me just give you three reasons why it is critical that God's children hear His voice. Here's the first reason. It's because we need to hear God to understand the Bible. According to the Scriptures, we can't and we won't fully understand Scripture apart from hearing the Holy Spirit. This is what it says in John chapter 14. But the Counselor, the Holy Spirit whom the Father will send in my name, will do what? He will teach you all things and remind you of everything that I have said to you. Now, this is an incredible verse and truth for us to embrace. God has given us His Spirit to teach us everything that we need to know, including bringing life and bringing understanding to the Scriptures every time we open the pages of the Bible. Now, over the years, I've I've had many people admit to me or tell me that they're intimidated to read the Bible. They tried reading it before, uh, but they found it confusing and, un- and uh, hard to understand, probably because there's that family Bible that sits on the coffee table, and it's in this King James that no one really understands at all, in a way. So, uh, and then, so they just put, closed the cover, and they just put it back on the shelf. But this verse tells us that one of the roles that the Holy Spirit plays in our lives is to open our eyes so that we can see and understand the spiritual truths that are found in the Scriptures. Others of you... Like me, have believed a lie that scriptures can only be understood, or at least best understood, by the most intelligent and educated people. Right? So that's why some of you rely on your Bible study leader or the pastors that come up on stage to be able to tell you what to think because it's, it's beyond our pay grade, right, as, as normal people. Now, I know, uh, I've often believed that the best interpreters of God's revelation are the the people who have the most knowledge of the original language of the Bible, so Greek and Hebrew, and have the historic background of the the biblical period. And that's one of the reasons why I look at commentaries, Bible commentaries, before I preach. Now, that's not a bad thing to do, um, and I'm not saying that the intelligent or educated don't hear God's voice, but what I am saying is that Scripture cannot be properly understood apart from the revealing ministry of the Holy Spirit. and listen to the words of Jesus in in Luke chapter 10. He says, I praise you, Father, Lord of heaven and earth, because you have hidden these things from the wise and learned and revealed them to little children. Yes, Father, this was for your good pleasure. Now becoming like a, a child doesn't mean becoming immature. It means having a soft, in a trusting heart that's ready to listen and then obey. When I read those verses, I actually thought of my grandma. Uh, She never went to Bible school. She never had any formal education. But her insights into Scripture were amazing. She intimidated many a pastor and missionary who stopped by her house for a coffee with her insights into God's Word. And why? Because she prayed for the Holy Spirit to open her eyes and to reveal the deep truths about Scripture. And God did that. In fact, Jesus even told his disciples that the secrets of the kingdom cannot be discovered by human intelligence or by education alone. They're ultimately revealed by God. Now, I don't know if you've ever thought about this, but but to me it's fascinating that the people in Jesus' day who knew the most about scriptures, he said they're the smartest, wisest people there, totally missed out on the fact that Jesus was the promised Messiah. In fact, the group that was most strikingly absent at Jesus' birth were the scholars and religious leaders of that day. There are other people there. Look what it says in John 5. You search the Scriptures, speaking to these people, because you think that in them you have eternal life. And it is they that bear witness about me, yet you refuse to come to me that you might have life. So they were smart with the Scriptures, but they didn't understand what it was meaning. And the people that did show up, by the way, at Jesus' birth were people that had been prompted by God, not on their own. People like Mary. Remember, she was told by an angel. Joseph, by a dream. The shepherds, by angels. The magi, by, by a star. Even after Jesus' birth, Simeon and Anna were, were both told by, where to find Jesus, the Holy Spirit. Because we need to hear from God to fully understand his word and his ways. And even after Jesus had risen from the dead, his own disciples did not truly understand what was happening. Look what it says in Luke chapter 24. I, this is what I told you while I was still with you. Everything must be fulfilled. That is written about me in the law of Moses, the prophets, and the Psalms. And then it says, then he, he opened their minds so they could understand the scriptures. You know, if men and women who had walked with Christ for three years in person needed to have their minds open to see the Scriptures, you know, so do we. There are also times when uh, our thinking is faulty and God needs to adjust it. For example, in Acts chapter 10, it tells the story of the Apostle Peter who needed to have his theology corrected in a moment of time that was critical for the movement of the faith. Peter believed, as did most Jews, that people from other races were unclean. And that's what he has been taught all his life. And yet God clearly told Abraham back in Genesis chapter 12 that the Gentiles or those that were not Jews were included in this plan of salvation. And so if you remember the story, God had to speak directly to Peter through a vision to correct his wrong thinking. And he did this so that Peter would be willing to go to the home of Cornelius and share the gospel. Now, has that ever happened to you, uh, where God had to correct your wrong theology or wrong thinking? I know it's happened to me often, including my theology around hearing God. And I'm happy to say that this is normal. In fact, if, if God has never corrected you or corrected your thinking or corrected your theology and anything, uh, you probably aren't hearing from God. Because there's no way you're smart enough to know everything about God without Him coming and helping you out along the way at times. So God speaks to us through His written Word, but we need the Holy Spirit to help us understand the Bible. Okay, here's the second reason why we need to hear God's voice. It's because the Scripture teaches that God is still speaking. In other words, there is a revelation that we can receive— that's besides the Bible. Now, let me go back to the verse I quoted earlier, which is 1 Corinthians uh, 13, 8 to 10. You can see it up on the screen there. And just notice like those words, prophecy and tongues and knowledge. Uh, they're referred to as the speaking gifts because they are some of the ways in which God speaks to his people. Now, cessationists use this passage to support their idea that God doesn't speak apart from the Bible, that his personal word And we would call that his rhema words, it's spelled R-H-E-M-A, has ceased. And yet this this passage actually teaches the opposite. Now, it is true that speaking gifts will end. But notice from the passage when they will end. They're going to end when perfection comes. And obviously, obviously, things aren't perfect yet. We just have to look around the world to know that that is exactly the case. Perfection did not come at Jesus' first coming or His birth, as some people think. And perfection did not come at the completion of God's written word when it was canonized, as others believe. No, if we look at the the verses surrounding this and following, we will see that perfection is something still to come. Look what it says in 1 Corinthians 13.12. It says, now we see but a poor reflection as in the mirror. Now meaning today. And then, then, future, we shall see him face to face. Now when do we see Jesus face to face? Well, when we, when we die or when Jesus returns. It says, now I know in part, then I shall know fully, even as I am fully known. What Paul is saying is that when perfection comes, we're going to be able to see that will happen when Jesus comes uh, face to face. And it's at that point that the speaking gifts will cease at Christ's second coming when we know fully the truth. But for now, we only see dimly. We only see uh, like a poor reflection in something. While we're on earth, we only know in part. But when he comes again, we're going to know more fully. And this makes sense, doesn't it? You know, do we understand everything fully today just because we have the completed Scriptures or just because Jesus came the first time? No, we don't. At least I don't. There are lots of things I don't fully understand. I don't understand the tragedy of an accident that takes the life of someone that we love. I don't understand the devastation and why... It brings so much devastation on, uh, of cancer on, on families. I don't understand why the pandemic has disrupted our lives and, and caused division amongst friends and family. I don't understand the destruction sin causes in our lives, although we can see touches of that. I don't understand the reality of the spiritual battles that are raging all around us. However, I know that one day when I see Jesus face to face or when he comes again, that we will understand those things better. Now, beyond this passage, the Bible speaks of, a, of that personal word or that rema word from the Lord, which, again, Logos would be the written word, and the Ramah word would be the, the, the personal word to us. Here's some scriptures that, that help us out. Ephesians 1.17. And notice the word revelation in each of these passages. I keep asking that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ the glorious Father may give you the spirit of wisdom and revelation so that you might know Him better. And that word revelation there means understanding so we can know God better. 1 Corinthians 14 uses that word in a different way. It says, when you come together, each of you should bring a hymn or a word of instruction, a revelation, a tongue, or an interpretation. That word means a message. It would be like coming together and then someone would stand up and say, like, God has given me a word for our church family. And in a sense, when we as pastors get up on Sunday mornings and preach, we're trying to give a, a revelation, a word to our church. The New Testament is full of cases where the church ordered their lives by what they heard God say to them apart from the Bible. So, for example, Acts chapter 13, verse 2, talks about that while they were worshiping the Lord and fasting, the Holy Spirit said to them, and I don't know how he said it, but somehow the whole room of people clearly heard this message. Set apart for me Barnabas and Saul for the work of which I've called them. And it says, so after they fasted and prayed, in other words, after they they sought the Lord and listened, they placed their hands on Paul and Barnabas Uh, Barnabas and Saul, and they sent them off. And that word there was to give them instruction. Galatians 2. Again, Paul is speaking here, and he says, After 14 years I went again to Jerusalem, this time with Barnabas, and I took Titus along also. I went in response to a revelation. So, So God actually gave direction to them in terms of how they needed to do their ministry. You see, the Bible is you know, clearly shows time after time that God spoke to his children. And by the way, God still gives personal words to his people outside of the New Testament. We know of people in history, people like Augustine or Francis of Assisi or Martin Luther or John Wesley or George Mueller or Andrew Murray or C.H. Spurgeon or D.I. Moody or Lauren Cunningham with YWAMP. And many other people. Now, these additional revelations that people receive uh, never compromise Scripture because they're a different type of revelation. In fact, the Bible actually sets the boundaries of what God says to humankind and acts as a filter by which we can discern the voice of God in our lives and know whether it's really truly God speaking to us. Now, I've sat with many people and as they've as they've shared what God has put in their heart. And, and as we, we talked together, um, I could affirm them that they had received a word from God. But I've also sat with people who have used the same language to, to try and justify their behavior, you know, saying things like this. You know, I, I, just, I just felt that God um, brought us together. And so when the opportunity to move in together Uh, was was in front of us it seemed like the right thing to do because God wants me to be happy right those are some of the words that that we can hear but those aren't words from God because they they contradict what the word of God says and we'll never receive a word from God that contradicts what his word actually says and the spirit of God helps us understand that so we know that we're actually hearing from God so that's the second reason because the scripture says there's, there's revelation apart from the scripture The third reason why it's critical to learn and hear how to hear and obey the voice of god and it's simply this it's because god expects us to know his voice god expects us to know and obey his voice john 10 is the passage i want to look at here and it reads uh, the gatekeeper opened the gate for him meaning the shepherd or jesus and it says and the sheep listen to his voice. And he calls his own sheep by name and leads them out. And when he has brought them out on his own, he goes on ahead of them, and the sheep follow him because they know his voice. John 10, 27, just a few verses down, says, My sheep listen to my voice. I know them, and they follow me. There are those that are hearing the sermon today that that fully understand what I'm talking about because you regularly speak with God. You've gotten into the practice of listening and you've learned to recognize and discern God's God's voice in your life. However, there are those listening today for whom this is brand new. Your journey uh, is similar to mine. And the idea of hearing God to you might even sound foreign and even a bit frightening I want to say that you're actually the reason why we're doing this series, because we need to hear from God personally and corporately. Hearing God's voice is one of the most foundational practices of the Christian life. And yet, um, we often struggle to recognize God's voice as we go about our everyday lives, don't we? Maybe it's because we're not listening. Maybe it's because we haven't been taught on how to know God's voice and recognize it when He speaks. But that's not the way it's supposed to be. According to John 10, we are to be actively listening for God's voice. We're to be able to to recognize God's voice when He speaks. And we're expected to obey and follow God's voice. This is the, the common characteristic of His people, of His children, of His flock. If you have never heard God's voice that doesn't mean God doesn't speak to people. It just means you haven't learned how to listen for it. If you've had a bad experience of someone claiming to hear God's voice when they clearly haven't, that doesn't mean that God doesn't speak to people. It means that people have misheard or misrepresented God. Some of you are struggling to discern the voice of God in your life. You think He might be speaking to you, but you're not sure if they're God's words or your own thoughts. And that's, that's a question of discernment that we need to wrestle with in our lives. And over the next five weeks, we're going to be learning what it means to hear God's voice. And we're going to grow in our confidence to recognize God's voice and discern if it's really Him that's speaking. I'm going to invite the worship team to come up just as I, I, I conclude here. And as I mentioned from the outset, uh, this series is not meant to be a passive series, one where you you show up on a Sunday morning, listen to a message, and then leave never to think about it again. It's meant to be a series of engagement where we put into practice what we are learning so we can grow in our ability to hear God and converse with Him. And so what we've put together is... um, is a follow-up workshop or seminar, and it's going to be on Tuesday nights, beginning at seven o'clock to eight o'clock. Now, um, hopefully, that time will work out for you. You can either come in person, or 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 join us online. And if you miss that date, we'll have it pre-recorded, and we'll have the worksheets available for you to be able to uh, to go through. Now, uh, just so you know, what's going to happen at these at these. Times. We're trying to keep it tight to an hour so that you know how much time you have. We'll begin each evening with, with a quick review of the main points. Sometimes we're going to add some additional things. Like, for example, this week, I'm going to, I'm going to add a few reasons why it is that we don't hear God's voice in our lives. Because there are some reasons for that. But I want you to know that the majority of time is is... For you to work through some personal exercises. So it's going to be a, a time where you just kind of set aside and throw off the distractions. You're kind of, you know, posted up on that hunting experience, waiting for, you know, something to happen around you with the voice of God, this time not a mouse, right? And you're going to be, be listening for God to, to speak to you. And then hopefully you're going to come with some of your friends or your life group, and we'll give you an opportunity to turn to the people around you and just share, so, well, what did God say to you? And that will help us learn how to hear God's voice personally, but also to see what God might be saying to us as a church family. And so to help us out with that, it would be great if you could register online, just so we know uh, if we need to send you the Zoom link or if, if, uh, how many people we need to prepare for here. Okay, so that's Tuesday nights, and go to ebenezerbaptist.ca uh, for that to happen. Now to close off our, our service, I, I've asked Chet to come back up and to sing a song. It's a song that's newer to us. We've sung it before, but it might not be new. To, it might not be familiar to everyone. Uh, this song is really meant to be a song of reflection. It's a song for you to to slow down and to to begin to listen and try and to discern uh, God's voice. Now you might hear him more carefully. And so I'm going to ask. Well, thank you for listening. Don't forget to check out our church website at ebenezerbaptist.ca. If you enjoyed the podcast, you can let us know by clicking like and by subscribing to our podcast channel. God bless you, and thanks for listening.